0: You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed.
1: This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr.
0: Corey Allen and Shannon Efridge.
1: Hey, well, once again, it's great to be back on the microphone with you, Shannon.
0: Hey Corey, I'm excited about today's show. Oh, you are. I am. Well, let me, I am. Okay,
1: but I got to I got to ask a straightforward question though, Shannon. Is there a show you're not excited about ever?
0: <laughs> you got me on that <laughs> I mean, one. Come on. I have yet to not be excited.
1: <laughs> well, I you're think,
0: batting a thousand here, pal. Yeah, I,
1: I think if we if either of us get to this point of, all right, well we're back to Sexy Marriage Radio again, then <laughs> we got a problem because, you know, I don't want to portray that ever because. I look forward to these shows every time we get a chance to record them, just like I'm like looking forward to every time I get a chance to be with my wife.
0: I was going to say, if if talking with you about sex was only as great as having sex with my husband, we'd be <laughs> really in business, but I'll, I'll, I'll take just in business
1: That's <laughs> versus perfect. really in business. That's fair enough. <laughs> hey, and so one of the things we do love hearing from our listeners, because we know we're talking straightforward uh, honest accurate information about sex and marriage and and how those two fit so beautifully well and so we also love to hear from you guys and know what's going on with you what 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 do we cover that works and, and helps and what do we have what are we not covered that would that you really want to know so you can send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com you can also jump on itunes Uh, Share what your thoughts are, comments, criticisms there. If you'd like, five stars helps us climb the chart in the sexuality category because we want this message to spread as far as possible that married sex is the hotbed for sex. And we want it just to be a lifelong thing. Yes, we want it to be a lifelong thing. And we also want you to come join us September 17th through the 20th at the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway here in Dallas-Fort Worth at the Marriott Solana just north of DFW in the town of Westlake. It's going to be a fantastic time. Sign-ups are going on now.
0: We absolutely cannot wait for this weekend. Uh, You'd mentioned last time that you'd had sleepless nights just thinking about this. Yeah, well, that's contagious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I am so ecstatic to meet so many of our listeners and already brainstorming about how I want to pull the audience and what all we want to talk about and what topics that we can go much deeper in with a live session uh, than just our little, you know, 25 to 30 minute snippets of time here. So I am pumped. I am pumped.
1: I am too, because I think the beauty of this opportunity is just like the beauty of what we get to do every week, Shannon, and, and be invited into people's life. And so thank you for that, for our our regular listeners to constantly uh, let us into your world every, every week. But the thing I love the most is kind of the whole premise of Sexy Marriage Radio is that it's a, it's a male and female perspective because we're not married to each other, but we do have lots of marriage years under our belts between the two of us. And then we also have a slightly different philosophies of, of just the approach to helping people. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of overlap, but then there's also a little bit of variance, and that's what... I think that's a strength because I know early on um, the times when you and I have disagreed or something, and then even with Gina was my co-host for the first hundred shows, when we disagreed, we got more comments about that kind of stuff than we do a lot of the other things just because it's, you can disagree about things and we're still going towards something good and healthy and beneficial.
0: How can we not? Disagree about things. I mean, sexuality <laughs> really is as unique as our fingerprint, and we're gonna have different perspectives on different topics, all the time. Yes. And I can only imagine that in marriage, it's all the more so because they're having to work out a lot more intimate details than you and I are just doing a show together.
1: Absolutely, and I think I know lots of times we get in these situations where we're scared to speak up to our spouse because we don't want them to be upset or frustrated or mad. And well, sometimes you're gonna disagree. So if we you- could dispel that myth then we've done a good job.
0: Yeah, and and sometimes feathers are going to get ruffled. Yep. If, if you're going to live life trying not to ruffle anybody's feathers, that to me, that's just kind of a sad life. Sometimes feathers need ruffling. <laughs> uh, that's why we do what we do.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh,
0: but hey, everybody looks at sex and sexuality and marriage and intimacy and spiritual bonding and connecting and all that stuff through a different lens. Right. We all have our own lens. And that's why, yeah, sometimes when we get emails from our listeners, what one person is saying, mm, I'm not too sure about how you guys handled this. Somebody else is saying, kudos for you for doing exactly that. And it's like, wait a minute, how right. can there be such polar opposite opinions? Um, and so, yeah, we all look through life, uh, look at life through a different lens. It reminds me of a time, I, I can't remember if I've shared this story before, so indulge me if I already have, but Uh, I think it bears repeating one day we were driving through downtown Dallas and my daughter's boyfriend had asked if he could, uh, Oh, you know what? I'm getting the story wrong. Hold on. Let me take a step back. Take (laughs) another drink of coffee. Okay. We were going through downtown Dallas and my girl and my daughter's boyfriend, I can't even get that out. My daughter's boyfriend mentioned, isn't it weird that they would build a pink building? Well, the building that we were passing by was Brown. And I wondered if maybe he was colorblind. Okay. But then a couple weeks later, we were out on my dad's boat and I asked him if I could borrow his sunglasses. And when I put them on, everything was pink. Oh. And it's like, oh, okay. That's why he thought that brown building was pink. It's according to what lens you look through, how you perceive things.
1: <laughs> there you go. It does and shift th- things, doesn't it?
0: It does. It does. Um, and so I wanted you today, Corey, to unpack your perspective on what you do as a therapist, because I know some people have emailed saying that they're curious about your Schnarch views or that they've also read some of Schnarch's stuff and that they're fascinated by it. And I just thought, I bet there's a lot of other people who are like me I just want to know more. I haven't read the book and I haven't found the Cliff's Notes version. So, why don't you provide the Cliff's
1: Notes version? For? Uh, well, f- yeah, first off, there's not going to be Cliff's Notes versions for this because his stuff is pretty heavy and deep. And is it's it pretty, deep? It's pretty hard sometimes to just really digest. Um, I've had several clients that I mentioned that hey this would be something that if you're interested and in, they'll pick it up and like whoa this is a little weighty for me I don't know and yeah and then some others like oh man this was the best thing ever and so it, i think it really comes down to those that really line up with it well um, it really starts to click and make sense and some others is like okay i could kind of see it but i don't it, it doesn't line up as much and they line up with something else a little better and so perfect That's I, that's that's where i'm looking at this is there's not a right way for this right it's just what works best for the okay people. well
0: we've got 30 minutes so take us as deep and as, <laughs> as, deep as you can in a 30 minute conversation first of all how did you even discover these theories okay well
1: I, yeah it? obviously this is all in doc work um that i where you, you just are exposed to every other every major theorist out there is you spend time studying because you got to know you got to know the field if you're going to be an expert in it so you have to understand how the field has evolved And what's still current and what's still active and used and so you know you spend two or three classes on just every single theory out there and so the whole i mean the psychobabble term that i believe in is called differentiation and and the main way i've changed that is that it's just called growing up and it started with a guy named murray bowen who did family systems theory And he just looks at a whole family and how the development of kids will reach the level of the development of the parents by the time the kids leave the household, Mm -hmm. which makes common sense to me. I was like, well, of course. Yeah, you're going to pick up everything from your parents that you really want. You're going to try to discard the things you don't want. But the way you leave that system will pretty well help set up a how not necessarily determine, but it helps it be as it's a big factor in how you're going to do life because that's what makes sense. So Dr. David Schnars came along, and he started doing tremendous amounts of research on intimacy and desire, because that's the one thing the field of marriage and family therapy has not approached well. And so he took Murray Bowen's work and turned that into an actual systemic process in a marriage, and how the the whole lens is that the two people involved in marriage, the goal of marriage is to grow you up, period or to help you differentiate and so he uses that as a way to really reframe what happens between people and the best example i've got uh this this is fairly recent i was working with a couple on a, in an intensive and there they had been in and out of therapy for decades if you will and they were once again in their cycle of getting ready to uh, to divorce uh-oh. And so they came to me because <laughs> I've kind of evolved to, I have lots of couples I see where the divorce work is already in process and then they come see me and right. maybe they change that and maybe they don't. I don't always know for sure. But so when I started talking, they, they were just kind of getting me up to speed and they're talking about their issues and all these different things and what they'd heard from other therapists and all this stuff. And I stopped them after about 10 minutes and just said, okay, hold on a sec. What if what you're describing to me, there's absolutely nothing going wrong? That's the way marriage is supposed to go. And they, I had them hooked. Were they surprised right, by that? I, I had them hooked right there. They mm-hmm. were like, what are you talking about? I said, well, what you guys described, that's a natural process of a relationship. And then I just started reframing it for them of, of course, you're going to want to be, I mean, here, here's, if you want the, the biggest cliff notes there is of Schnarch's work, and this is mm-hmm. really, really, really simplified. You can boil everything down to this, Shannon. You ready?
0: Sure. Lay it I, on me.
1: I love you, but don't tell me what to do.
0: <laughs> I think that that happened the first week of our marriage or that conversation. It, it does.
1: I mean, it happens all the time in marriage. Because... In other words,
0: you're not the boss of me. Exactly. You're and my it... spouse, but you're not my mama.
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. Because we've spend, we spend so much time. With our, with our partner, trying to be close to them. But every time we get close to them, we, f- we start to feel like we may lose ourself and our own identity. And so we have to pull back and learn how to be ourself. And that's the net, that's the process of marriage. That's also the process of sex, if you think about it. So if you look at just the lens of what most couples fight about, it's that. It's I love you, but don't tell me what to do. And so I'm, it's, if you can change that concept with people... Now, all of a sudden, they start to realize, what am I really responsible for or or in charge of versus what do I want from my partner?
0: Okay. Well, the question that's rolling around through my mind is like one of the primary things that I try to teach women especially is ask for what you need. He's not a mind reader. Right. So how does this differentiate from that?
1: Okay. Um, well, it's, it's going to be the same thing except – and this is going to be a little bit of a nuanced discussion, I think – um i get i spend a whole lot of time trying to unpack the difference between need and want
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because needs create clingy fusion kind of things that i have to have this from you or i am not a person versus codependency right versus wants is i would really like this from you but i'm not completely identify or you know What's the, I'm not. My whole identity's not from this. You know, if I don't get it, it doesn't. It's crush not gonna me. crush me. If right. You can't deliver it. Right. Okay. So, okay. I mean, the way I the way I describe it for parents is, um, when you have a newborn in your house and it's what I affectionately call the fog stage.
0: Uh huh.
1: Um. They need you. You know, because an infant can't survive without that touch and that care. Right. But if you had a 20 year old that was still in the fog stage, you got a problem. <laughs> right yeah because yeah. you have and and the main problem is you have no life outside of theirs and that does not work well for anybody involved so it's it's trying to shift that to how often do we get mad at a spouse for some unspoken desire or want when they we've never spoken it but yet we've been married that long they should know well really they should Huh. Yeah,
0: that that comment always irks me. Yes. It, yeah. We've been married 25 years. They should know. Yep,
1: But the risk is on the other side, because if you look at it through a lens of, OK, why would a woman not speak up and, and want her husband to read her mind? Let's go this route.
0: Uh, because there are things that go through our heads that we don't want our husbands to know. <laughs> well,
1: and, and don't act like it's not happening on the other side.
0: <laughs> so, I think it's really good that we can't read each other's minds. Absolutely. we have a lot of fights.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> but but why would a woman or a man not ask for what they really want?
0: Because they assume that they won't get it. Right. Or they're being pouty. They're being immature. Um, or they're fearful that they're going to get rejected.
1: I think that's the main one. Is we're afraid of actually getting it confirmed. <laughs> that we may not get it. Okay. And so... If I, it, or
0: could they also be afraid that they will get it
1: maybe i mean yeah. it, it, that's getting really deep there girl Wait, well done yeah. um but if you look at it from the lens of okay if i don't say, if i don't really ask for what i want and i can figure out a way to covertly manipulate getting it i can less i can risk my rejection or lessen my risk of rejection so, okay. <laughs> so that's the game we play, isn't it? Where I this I'm, sounds
0: very junior high-ish, but, but I think you're right. I but think it we is play that game as an adult. Absol- yeah. Absolutely.
1: How many times have you had a couple that you've been talking to that they, you really think you're on the uh, middle school or a, an elementary school playground? Right. Because you just and watch you're going, the you mannerisms. been
0: Married how many years? Right. Yeah. And it's you're like, still playing this game. If
1: you want to play preschool, let's play preschool. But come on, yeah. there's not some really good sex going on in preschool, and that's. <laughs> But it's just the whole idea of, all right, if I I don't ask for what I want, then I risk, I, I lessen the amount of rejection, but I also guarantee I don't get what I want. Right. So in that instance, it's really a chance for me to determine who am I? Am I seeking what I really want? And am I giving something that's worth being in a relationship with? Am I, am I am I being solid? Am I being real? Am I being upfront? Am I being honest? That's the only way you can have a real relationship of any depth.
0: Okay, I'm having all kinds of epiphanies here in my head. Let me toss one out at you and, and test, make sure that I'm on the right track, see if our listeners are too. Okay. So I think that we all know some older couples – who quite frankly uh, yeah I, I see i see husbands and wives who after 40 50 years of marriage it's like they're best friends they are frequent companions not necessarily constant companions right um, but they really seem to not just love each other, but they seem to really like each other. Right. Like one couple that I have in mind, I had asked the husband, how is it that you guys have driven a truck together for over 40 years and, and get along? And he said, uh, I, I said, how is it that you love each other that much? And he said, it ain't got nothing to do with loving each other. We <laughs> like each other. Yeah. And I thought that was really sweet. But then I also know couples who quite frankly, you can just tell that they can't stand each other. Right. And it, the other one leaves the room, the one that you're in the room with is rant, rant, ranting about how they are and what they always do and what they never do and blah, 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 blah. So what's going through my mind is that the person who is really displeased, uh, dissatisfied with their the quality of their marital relationship. Is probably expecting a lot more emotional fusion, yes. a lot more Siamese twinness, yes. than what the other person really wants to give. And that that if that person would lighten up and expect less, they would actually get more of what they want.
1: Right, and that's the whole concept of a reflected sense of self. That you know, think of think of the beginning of any kind of committed relationship that has uh, any kind of infatuation in it. We love that feeling. And we attribute that feeling to our partner, right? Because mm-hmm. every time I'm with them, I, I get those warm, comforting feelings. Well, most marriages stay in that state to some level because it's just contri- I contribute yeah. my sense of well-being and self to my partner. It's just like you gave an example in one of our most, I think it might have been our last show, of the two, two ladies leaning in on each other. So you catch each other on your hands mm-hmm. and, you, and you actually create an A-frame.
0: Right.
1: Um, that's fusion, because it's if your balance totally se- dependent on each right. other. Right. If your balance, validity, and security of just you being able to stand up is contingent on them, where is your focus going to be? Them. Yeah. It's not on them. you. But right. look at that same picture, Shannon, of of an A-frame. Like if you and Greg were making an A-frame relationship, how intimate can you be? How close can you be in that state in that stance?
0: You really can't. I mean, nope. you have to gauge it all you, just right. You can't be, you I mean, you can't, yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's limited on how close you can be. But if you guys were to push away from each other and actually stand on your own two feet and handle yourselves better, how close can you be? As
0: close as we want right. to be.
1: Or as far apart as you want. Cause, right. Because you're not, as, you're not as determined by each other. You're more determined by yourself. And that's what drives you. And that's, I the, like, and that's the shift. That. Yeah. That's the okay, shift. So
0: basically it's, Women putting on their big girl panties and men put, putting on their big boy boxers and learning to be independently minded. It, it, what's the best words to, to use?
1: Well, I, I just call it just learning to be a grown up, Okay, <laughs> you know, to, to know I'm not going to get everything I want. But that doesn't mean I don't still seek it.
0: OK. I think of. That basically you're inspiring the other person to connect, to want to connect with you versus requiring them to connect with you.
1: Right. Here's, I, I think of it this way, you know, Pam and I will be coming up, are coming up on 22 years together. Mm-hmm. And so I'm the high desire uh, when it comes to sex in my marriage, which I love. Quick caveat when we get emails from listeners that say, I'm the high desire, I love that framing that people are getting it, that I'm the high desire. And so that means, I'm the and one that owning it. They're yeah, owning so that, that means I'm the one that initiates it m- a majority of the time. She still does. It's just they're different. But in the course of our 22 years of marriage, I have figured out all the ways to increase the likelihood Pam's going to be interested in having sex with me. Okay, I, I can pursue okay. her. I can pour her a glass of wine. I can take her on a date. I can take her to the Caribbean. I can, you know, all these different things I can do that'll increase the likelihood sex is going to happen. Doesn't always work. But I figured out I'm a smart guy. You know, I I know how to play the system, if you will. I can do none of those, though, Shannon, to get her to want me. Because all of that is a manipulation when it comes down to wanting. All I I can do to increase the likelihood she's going to want me is present something that I think is worth wanting. Okay. And that comes down to just what do I, who am I? How do I handle myself? How do I live my life? All of that is sets up the stage of, is that desirable? The, the way to reframe that in parenting, I use this a lot is if I'm yelling at my kids, demanding they respect me, but I'm acting any way, but respectable.
0: Yeah, it's not going to work that way. No, it's
1: not. So what am I doing in my marriage that's similar? If I want to be loved, am I presenting something lovable?
0: I like that. So it's bringing your A game, not just, and we're not just talking sex. We're not just talking physical. Yeah. This is how you, this is how you live life. Okay.
1: I mean, that's the whole point of it is this is how you live life because we always have fusion battles where am I contingent on my spouse's response to this for my own validity and security? And if I am, then all my, my focus is going to be on her. Okay. But if I'm less contingent on her response, then it can be more on me. And that's the concept all the way through marriage. In my book, at least.
0: Okay. Now, I'm thinking of the woman. I'm always you know, looking at it from the woman's perspective. For me, there have been different seasons of life. Sometimes I've been the high desire. Sometimes I've been the low desire. Uh, but for me, it's always through the lens of you know, what a woman wants, what a woman needs, trying to teach a man that. Okay. Um, And I can recall so many times letting it build up in me, this disappointment that Greg wasn't reading my mind or wasn't picking up on my cues or whatever. And then by the time I break down and get upset about it, uh, whether it was, you know, want you to hold me more, want you to talk to me more. By that time, for me to demand it, it held no value whatsoever. Right. Because it was only in response to my tantrum. Right. And then I feel silly. I feel like a little child and i pout and all that jazz i would like to think that i've outgrown a lot of that hopefully my husband would be cheering me on in the background going yes she has but so you're basically saying that you have to inspire your spouse to give you what you want rather than getting angry that they're not giving it to you and then pouting and then making that big stink about it
1: that i mean that's all, what can you control in that situation i mean that's that's what it comes down to
0: yeah, I I can only control me in yep. any
1: situation. Exactly.
0: I, I, I stopped trying to control him. When I learned about that squirrel and the nut theory, that the best way to give a squirrel a nut isn't to chase him around the yard, grab him by his scrawny neck, shove it down his chubby cheeks. That will never ever no. work. No. That the best way to give a squirrel a nut is to lay down under a tree with a nut in your palm and just go to sleep. And
1: just wait. And yep.
0: Wait. Exactly. And and so basically that this is what you're talking about, is just learning to Either back off or learn to pursue by offering something of who you are, rather well, than expecting hold on. Something? Let's
1: but let's not kid ourselves, Shannon. There's another. There's an undercurrent of what happens in marriage that's really dark, because you don't think that your spouse knows what you really want because you've told him. He knows. He's not dumb, right? Okay. But how often do, you know, that goes into the, I'm not, don't tell me what to but do. He though.
0: doesn't want it. I was going to say, yeah. but he doesn't want to be told. What don't to tell do me what to do. do. And so that's. He wants it to be his idea. Right.
1: That's a personal thing. That's not about you. That's about him. Cause that's, what's so funny is I get couples that come in and they, they start explaining something and I'm like watching the spouse as the other, as their partners explaining it and they know exactly what they're saying. And I'm like, okay, let's not kid ourselves. It's not like I need to tell them more it's if if i you know tell maybe i tell them in a different way maybe no that's all manipulation and i'm not going to be told what to do so it's how do i then realize the finite nature of a relationship that i don't have limitless choices when it comes to things so i have to just come down to grips with what am i presenting what am i control of and then i'd make my decisions based on what i get or i don't get because everything communicates
0: Okay. For the men who are listening to you going, well, what Corey, what do you offer? What do you offer that gets Pam to respond to you in a warm and uh, cooperative way?
1: I pursue her. What do you offer? I pursue her. (laughs) I mean, that's just, it's the whole, um, I don't know if you're talking male, female differences. Um, I think there's a benefit to a man learning how to be, to sequential task better and to be a hundred percent present with with the things you're doing. Um, too often, I think we we fall into this belief that we can multitask well, and you really can't. But as men, we're better off if I'm with my wife. Like if when I'm with Pam, I'm with her. I I don't I don't get on the phone. I don't surf the web. I don't do other things. I'm I'm with her. That's my goal. Is hundred percent of me is with her.
0: Face-to-face. Right.
1: Well, or just I, if I. we're doing something, like if we're watching a movie together, then obviously that's different because we're watching right. a movie, but I'm not doing other things other than that, if I can.
0: Right. You're um, telling her that what you're doing with her is important. Right.
1: So, uh, like the, the, the best example I've got is that one of my bucket list items is I have a 1978 Jeep. And so I'm, con- I'm regularly tinkering on it. If it's not running, obviously I'm a lot of tinkering on it, but. When it's running well, I'm still out there doing little things. But what I have found is I love doing that and being out there doing that. But then I also come in and hang out with her. And then I go back out and do that. So it's not like I'm just hovering around her waiting. Because she knows that. That's the one thing. If sex has been talked about that it's going to happen and I'm just kind of hanging around she reads that really well. She knows.
0: (laughs) And that's when the wife goes, you're not going to tell me what to do. (laughs) Exactly.
1: It's like, it's kind of happened back off, you know? And so I'm just like, I know. So it's me then what's going on with me? How am I clinging to that? How am I, you know, how is fusion driving me rather than, you know what, I'm going to go read or I'm going to go hang out outside or I'm going to go do this. I'll be back. And And so I'm consistently trying to just be present with wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, and then I'm a man of my word. I think that's what drives most women. The most crazy is when men don't follow through consistently with what they say. Okay. So it's little things that start to set the stage of, you know what, you can count on me. I'm here, and then then the other big thing is I pursue her. I initiate, I go after her, you know, I've set the stage just because I'm not as ashamed of my own desire like I used to be.
0: Okay. So that sounds like maturity.
1: Hopefully. And it sounds
0: like what you're describing is a balance is that you, you come near, but then you also back off, you occupy yourself, but then you also get preoccupied with her. And it's a pendulum swing. If it's right. not, a, I'm going to hover over you constantly, but it's not a, I'm going to ignore you either. It's a gravitational well, force that pulls you in and then yeah. sends you back.
1: Well, let me ask you this, Shannon. What are you better off? It, it, think, think, I'm going to give you two different weekend scenarios. Okay. So to where mm-hmm. you and Greg both have different things going on, like you got errands to run or projects around the house and, and there's inside outside things, you know, so each of you have your own little tasks. Mm-hmm. Are you better off or do you walk away from a weekend feeling better if you do things with Greg throughout the weekend, but he's only 50% there emotionally, mentally, cause he's doing, he's working, he's doing other things, but you're still hanging out together. Or are you better off if you only get like 10 minutes, but he's engaged with you. And then he goes back to his office and does what he needs to. And then he comes back and does what he needs to, you know, do you understand the difference?
0: I, I like the back and forth.
1: Yeah I, I, yeah. I think our, I think our spouse is better served by a hundred percent of us, even it's just if it's just for five minutes than mm-hmm. they are for 50% of us for 20 minutes.
0: Okay, say that again. I want everybody to absorb that, <laughs> including me.
1: <laughs> well, I think I think our spouse gets more benefit out mm-hmm. of a hundred percent of us for five minutes than they do a fifty percent for twenty minutes.
0: I would agree with that.
1: Right, and it, so okay. it just comes down to presence. It comes down to me being active and engaged in my own life, and me seeking what I desire, and 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 I, you get confirmation of that, which helps your own self esteem. So don't kid yourselves that we, we want that validity from other people. We want that reflection to come back to help us feel good about ourselves. But it's recognizing that, okay, I'm more than how other people view me. I'm me. You know, self, self-development happens most in the absence of other development, if other reflection. Like if I don't get something, like if I tell a joke and somebody doesn't laugh, that's more defining of me than it is anything else. Yeah. Do I hold on to, no, I still think I'm funny. That one just bombed, you know? Okay. Or do I start to, oh, maybe I'm not funny. And I start caving and catering to something else when it's not really me. That's the whole essence of growing up in my my book.
0: Okay. And so basically we need to, uh, well, I guess it's different for different people. Some people need to lower their expectations. Some people need to increase their expectations. Uh, I have noticed that as I have grown more comfortable with the fact that Greg is an introvert and he needs time alone out in the yard or in his shop or wherever. And if I just will take him something, you know, some iced tea or something and connect with him and then back off and let him have his time. I noticed that he is much more amiable uh, and amorous (laughs) that than if I had just gone and camped out with them and berated with words and, you know. Yeah. Well,
1: and, I mean, yeah, I mean, I want to challenge one thing as we kind of wrap this up though, Shannon, and that's the whole idea of expectations when you're talking about a relationship context. Yeah. To me, expectations are just planned disappointments. So it's, I'm better served.
0: <laughs> I like <that>. Expectations. Yeah, <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm better served by, am I operating according to what I desire in this situation? If I want to hang out with Pam, then that's my drive. I go hang out with her. It's not contingent on if she's in a good mood and happy for me to be hanging out with her. It's, uh, this is what I want to do. And then I make a, a, an adjustment if I need to, as things unfold.
0: If you pick up the cue of, I love you, but don't tell me what to do. And what you're doing right now isn't what I want to be doing right now. right? So you're I, okay with that. Yeah.
1: I don't, I, I'm not, I don't crumble because of that, hopefully. Maybe, maybe a little bit of crumbling because we still do, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I still, I still am not very good at this at times. So I think that's for everybody to recognize. This is a process. Right. This is a process. And that's why I come back to marriage is designed to grow us up, it's not designed to make us happy. Happiness comes along with it, especially when I start growing up and I recognize that, hey, I actually start getting what I want when I present something that's worth giving it to.
0: And I think that as it took us 18 to 20 years to learn how to do this with our family of origin, it probably takes us equally as long, if not more so, to learn how to do this with our spouse. Right.
1: I think this is just an entire – it's an entire lifelong process because just when you think you yeah. got it down, somebody changes the rules <laughs> You know, <'cause, laughs> because the kid leaves the home or you lose a job or – health thing yeah or, you know
0: it's a curveball yeah
1: something happens so yeah it, it's just a it's just a fact of life is that there's going to be conflict so how do we embrace it how do we challenge it how do we see it as a chance to grow that's the goal. awesome
0: Corey. thanks for sharing your lens with absolutely us. well this this
1: th- yeah this is david schnarch so passionate marriage and intimacy and desire are his two books worth checking out hey this has been great we'll see you next time
0: And hope to see you in September.
1: Yep.